The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they went and saw where Jesus was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Kephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Sanabi Padre Cyrus, that I am the adopted Puting Pari, but he actually got it wrong. He actually got it wrong because my nickname was Masamang at uh, Puting Napari. <laughs> I actually used to have a nickname in the Philippines, Evil White Priest. So, <laughs> so next time, make sure you get the whole thing. <laughs> Well, I feel, <coughs> excuse me, I'm dying over here. <clears throat> this may be a short homily. No, I feel uh, honored and grateful to be here with all of you. Uh, as you gathered, I used to live in the Philippines. And after nine years, I became absolutely non-proficient in Tagalog. But anyway, <laughs> but I still speak so a few words here and there. Um, it's beautiful. I, I have a lot of humorous memories about the Feast of the Black Nazareno. Actually, I do remember one particular day when one of our priests needed to drive. I lived in Metro Manila. We lived in the suburbs in Parñaque. And one of our priests uh, had to drive downtown Manila to get his driver's license fixed. And we all forgot it was the Feast of the Nazareno. And he drove into that mess. <laughs> and he spent the entire day... He didn't get out there until dinner time, and he never got his license. <laughs> so, um, so what does the Black Nazareno mean? I think if I were to say two things that jump out at me, I would say missionary spirit and forgiveness. And what do I mean? I'm going to begin with forgiveness. Uh, one time when I was... Again, driving downtown Metro Manila, I think we were shopping in Divisoria, if I'm not mistaken. And one of our American priests that had been there for about a few months said, hey, I've never been to Capo Church. And if you know Metro Manila and Divisoria and Capo, they're kind of right next to each other, even though the, the traffic may make it that a 30-minute drive. <laughs> uh, so I said, okay, fine, but I can't, there's nowhere to park, so I will just drop you off and I will do circles, and you know, it'll take me about 10 minutes to go around the block. Um, so he didn't know anything about it. He just knew that the statue existed, and he went there where they have a replica. Actually, the real statue is hidden somewhere else, but they, they have a replica in Capitol Church. And he prayed, and he came out, and he, he's all, 
And he's got this big New York accent. Father, did you feel it? <laughs> what are you talking about? I felt that I've been driving around the block for 10 minutes waiting for you. It's like, what are you talking about? Did I feel it? Have you ever prayed there? No, actually, never. I've, I've been here seven, eight years. Actually, I've never bothered praying there. And I guess what happened was he went and he prayed and he didn't know this was supposed to happen. He didn't know anything about it, but he prayed and he touched the statue and he said, and I'm touching the statue and I just feel like all my sins are getting washed away. (laughs) Or fortunately for Father Michael, my good friend, he did not from that experience, deduced what all the other Filipinos who go to the Capo procession deduced, which is that he never needed to go to confession again. So he went every week, (laughs) faithfully. But it's a beautiful thing. There is a symbolism. Now, the reality is the statue turned black. It was a gift from Mexico. It turned black because of a fire. Okay, reality check. But there is a symbolism there, and it seems to be something that God allowed for that purpose, that he has become darkened by taking upon himself our sins. And that is why when people pray there, apparently that experience is something that people will sometimes have. They'll pray, and and that's why people will, interestingly enough, practically commit murder in order to pass their towel forward so their towel can touch the statue. It doesn't matter how many people they abuse on the way to the statue. As long as the towel touches the statue, so their sins will be forgiven. Okay? For what it's worth. Um, By the way, when I went to the Philippines, I remember I used to tell people, as a preaching joke that I would use a lot, I said, when you come here, I used to live in Rome before I moved to the Philippines and I was studying theology and I said, you arrive to the Philippines and you think you're in Catholic paradise. It's like you're driving down the street and the gypney next to you has a picture of the Sacred Heart and the Blessed Virgin Mary. And then the driver acts like he worships the devil, but at least the the gypney has a picture of the Sacred Heart and the Blessed Virgin Mary and probably Wolverine and the Incredible Hulk right next to him because they're gypneys and that's the way they decorate them. But uh, that being the case. Uh, So back to the point. The point was number one. The Black Nazareno means something to us. It means that Christ is the one who has come to forgive our sins. And he does it by taking our sins upon himself. He bears the consequences of sin. And that is something that we need to, on the one hand, we need to come to him with a lot of gratitude and a lot of trust. If Christ is willing to be nailed to a cross for us, He is willing to do absolutely everything necessary to help you and me to go to heaven, to become like him, to become saints. The first minimal thing we owe him is our trust and our gratitude. But secondly, more than that, once we've given him a little bit of trust and gratitude, then we are baptized into his mystical body. And that means you and I are baptized into his passion. And you and I also are called to take the sins of the world upon ourselves, to offer those up for the salvation of the world. We are part of that mission. And the reality is, you all come from a Catholic country. We're in kind of a quasi-pagan, quasi-Protestant, quasi-I-don't-know-what country here in the U.S. 
You have been blessed. You have been blessed with a faith uh, that is a gift for the United States. And don't ever bury it or be embarrassed about it or neglect it or think that other things like getting your kids into Ivy League schools or whatever the case may be is more important. You have been blessed with a gift that is so big. I mean, lots of other Americans have to, but the reality is culturally, you have a lot to offer and our culture is starving for the contributions of the Filipino Catholic in American culture. So we need you to step up. Okay, related to that is this, and that's the second point. I said that this statue is also missionary. In what sense? Well, it came from Mexico. Uh, may have even come from Spain before Mexico, I don't recall, but it came through Mexico to the Philippines. And you look at him, and he's clearly European, right? He's not Filipino, he's European, so he's a missionary, okay? Like everything, you know, all the images of Our Lady, of Our Lady of Antipolo and everything, they're all missionaries, they're all Europeans, I don't know. Um, there is a very beautiful painting of Our Lady of the Philippines, I wish it were more popular, but it's, it exists, <laughs> it's very beautiful. Um, and the faith that we enjoy in this country, just like the faith in Mexico, where, which eventually brought the faith to the Philippines, uh, Spain was kind of the backbone behind that, but every step along the way, the faith was transmitted from one culture to another to another, okay? So you are the recipients of the faith that was given to you. You embraced it but you are the recipients of a faith that was handed on to you, and we're part of that chain. And again, that means we have to transmit that same faith to the world that is starving, starving for the message of Christ. I would also invite, again, the Black Nazareno was brought, yes, by Catholics, yes, by Spaniards through Mexico, but especially by priests. And there are at least a few young people out here, although frankly, there are a lot of girls. You girls too, you can also have vocations, but um, I would also like to remind you, it is an image of the fact that God calls certain people to dedicate their entire lives to him, okay? So all you young people out there, and that means if you're under the age of 25, everybody over the age of 25 are already old. <laughs> All of you young people who are under the age of 25, okay, how did you get your faith? You got it because once upon a time, somewhere along the line, Catholics and especially priests and nuns brought the faith. They brought something that maybe we just take for granted. And I can promise you, as somebody whose first assignment as a priest was to go to the Philippines, it is like the most fun thing ever, by the way. If, you get, if you're an evil white priest and you get assigned to do youth ministry in a young, vibrant, flourishing, tropical Catholic country, it doesn't get much better than that, okay? Some of the most fun years of my life. But I don't have to be the only one, all right? So I would also ask all of you, if you are a kid, wake up. Jesus might be calling you. And if he does, do not be afraid, okay? You have a very jolly, happy person over here, okay? I'm, I tend to be evil, but, that's, but if you want to evidence that, 
priesthood is a happy life. Just look at, look at Father Cyrus. Look at <laughs> How could you not want to be like this man, okay? So there you go. And if you're already an old person, and the pre or, or you just happen to have the misfortune of being a woman, and the priesthood is not uh, for you, then you're not off the hook. You better get on your knees and start praying, because we need a lot of priests. The world is starving for priests to bring the sacraments, to bring the light of the gospel to it. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.